Today we're, um, we're continuing our series, as you've seen, on the Apostles' Creed. I've really enjoyed this series that we've been doing for the past 12 years. Um, it's been quite a long one. But it's been really good. It's been a real good, really good opportunity to, um, to really dive deep into, into some of the, the lines here of the Creed and pick it apart, but in a good way, and to, to learn from it. For me, the Creed has always been something that has been a song, really. We've had, uh, we, we do a song called This I Believe in church at the moment, which is a great song. We always used to do a song called We Believe, all based on the Creed. So for me, this has been... This has been enlightening in a way, to, to, to take it from more just a sung, sung response to actually something that's a bit more thought about, a bit more of a, a heart and a head response. So, that being said, this week we are focusing on, I believe, in the forgiveness of sins. And uh, I think forgiveness is it's a very broad topic. You could look at many different aspects of forgiveness. I think as as people, as humans, as Christians, often we diminish forgiveness into something that's quite a small area. And we make forgiveness more about an emotion than an act that's already happened. Because the reality is forgiveness happened already when Jesus died on the cross. I've looked at this over the last sort of, I don't know, you say you've been preparing for a week, but when reality is it's been on my mind since the since the. the the date came out whenever it was a month ago. But I've been looking at this and a few things have just become really clear to me as I've delved into forgiveness and I, I couldn't get away from the fact that this is all about Jesus, basically. And so often we stand on a platform and we say, this is the fundamental, most important message when it comes to Christianity. There is nothing more important than this. But actually, I'm going to say today that for me, you can't really get away from forgiveness. It is kind of the message. It is kind of the reason Jesus came. Uh, you can't really get away from this being, for me, one of the, if not the, fundamental message of Christianity. Today I'd like to focus us on three points, three simple points, but I'd like to unpack them. My first point is this. Forgiveness is easy. I think, as Christians, quite often we make things a lot more difficult than they actually have to be. We make things very complicated. And some things you just need to make a decision about before you're in the moment. Forgiveness is one of those things for me. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It's not an emotion. But so often we say, I didn't feel like forgiving them. I didn't feel like doing this. And we use that word feel, and we rob ourselves of the opportunity to forgive. Sometimes we just have to do it. We have to make a decision and we have to stick to it. We have to make that decision before we're in a moment. A few years ago, before me and Katie were engaged, before we were even married, that's generally the way it works, <laughs> Katie decided to stick around in Cambridge. Her mum had decided that she wanted to move away. Katie had just been doing her A-levels. She had no reason really to stick in Cambridge other than you could argue me, but yeah. <laughs> she had no reason to stay. Her mum was moving to be closer to family, um, and the day after her final exam, it had been decided that she needed, to, she needed to move out. She'd basically been kicked out of her house, not by her mum, but just through relatives, and it was all very complicated. Um, 
So we had a few, few family visiting. We had Katie's uncle and aunt were there trying to help move. And things got a little bit out of control. Things got a little bit heated. Some words were exchanged that shouldn't have really been in, in, exchanged. And things escalated. So we were there. Katie had a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. You should have seen her bedroom. Oh. And then uh, mum had the rest of the house. Katie just had one room. So we were there trying to get as much packed up as possible. And uh, I said something I shouldn't have said. That was foolish of me. Katie's uncle was not very happy. Cut to a few minutes later. I'd been chased up the stairs, grabbed around the throat, and threatened. Katie had panicked, phoned the police. Um, <laughs> Because I made a threat to him saying, we'll ring the police. He said, I'm a lawyer. And I was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't ring the police then. <laughs> Katie had already done it. Um, and then the next thing we know, we're outside. Katie's stuff is all over the front lawn. And we're there standing there thinking, what just happened? What just happened? I was stood there. And I'm a calm guy. I don't, I don't really get nervous. I don't really fuss about many things. I'm calm, I'm chilled. It's just the way I'm made. I'm sorry if you're not, and you want to be. Um, <laughs> I can't really help you. It's just the way, way God made me. So. But I can, I can have what I can only really describe as, I don't think it was, but it was almost, a panic attack. I'm there, I couldn't, I'm struggling to breathe. I didn't know what to do, and I'm like, like <sighs> what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? So I thought, we need, we need some reinforcements. We need some cavalry. So I phoned Dad, <laughs> who was one village over in Milton. We were in Histon. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't really talk, and I couldn't really explain what had happened. And I just thought, we need help. Can you come? And I remember going, yeah, be there in five minutes or something. So Dad comes. We load up all the stuff into the car as quickly and as quietly as possible, not to scare the people in the house and get into any more <laughs> issues. And um, I can just remember standing there, against, leaning against my car. I can remember it very clearly and just thinking, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Forgive him, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Forgive him. <laughs> and the reason I could do that was not because I'm amazing. Not because I'm great. It was because I'd made a choice beforehand and that choice started a long time ago when the Spirit of God is, lives within me because great is he than is in, in the world. Great is, great is he than, than I am. And it just means that you don't have to respond with anger. You don't have to respond with a, a, a hatred first. You've got the Spirit of God within you who helps you and is there to, to guide you. And I just remember thinking... I've got to forgive him. I've got to forgive him. And it was almost, it was natural to me because of the spirit that was within me. And I'm not going to lie. I did think thoughts that you shouldn't think. I thought to myself, Josh, if only you've acted quicker, you could have. He ran up the stairs. He was bigger than me. He was pretty scary. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, it was scary. I still remember it now. But I remember thinking... I should have pushed him downstairs, shouldn't I? <laughs> that would have been a good idea. He, was, he wouldn't have been able to, he wouldn't have been so strong and confident then, would he? <laughs> well, then I thought, no, Josh, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. And it still comes back to me every now and again. Could have pushed him down the stairs. <laughs> forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. Because I'd already made the decision. Forgiveness. Next thing we know, we're then at mum and dad's house. 
Katie's staying with mum and dad for a few days because she had literally nowhere to go. And uh, my nan's there as well, visiting mum and dad and us for the weekend. So it's a real family affair. <laughs> and we get a knock on the door and the police have arrived. They found us, they worked us out. Uh, Katie had just got on the phone and kind of said, uh, please, that was it really. So they, they had nothing. I was like, put the phone down, put the phone down. They still managed to find us somehow. They're clever. They, yeah, anyway. And uh, the police just came in and they chatted to us for a bit and I can remember them saying to us, do you want to press charges? And I'm thinking, no. Why would I, why would I press charges? Now, sometimes it might be right to press charges, but I mean, that's, that's a family tiff, really. It's like, not worth pressing charges about. And I just thought, forgive him. You need to, it's an active choice. And even though I didn't feel like it, I had to override that and just say, forgive him, forgive him, forgive him. I didn't say to the police officer, I've forgiven him, it's all right. <laughs> but I did make the choice to forgive. And that just means that so many times in our life, we choose the wrong decision sometimes. We don't, we don't actually allow ourselves to forgive because we get so emotional in, in, in the moment. We actually just need to get, take a step outside the situation and just say, I believe the best of that person. I want to forgive them. And it was in that moment that I realized, although forgiveness is really hard, it's actually really easy. It's actually really easy if you, if you make a step beforehand. In Romans 8, it says this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We all have the same access to that power. We all have the same access to that power. Many, sing, many times people stand up on a platform and we say words like that. We have access to the same power. We have access to the same power. But many times we know it, but I don't know if we believe it. We know it, but I don't know if we believe it. Do you believe that the creator of the heavens and the earth, the same power that can do things more than you can imagine, you have access to? You have access to. Do you actually believe it? Because you know what it means? It means you have access to freedom, to hope. You can be confident in your God. Me and Katie, we like to talk about self-confidence quite a bit. It's good to be self-confident, not confident in your own abilities, but have confidence in yourself because of what God has done for you. And we're believe, big believers in knowing who you are. And uh, that topic comes up again and again, and we, we have discussions. And every now and again, maybe once a year or so, Katie will get frustrated with someone that isn't me. Um, every now and again. It's not too often. And I've got a little phrase that I say all the time that she obviously loves it when I say this. She doesn't get frustrated at me at all. But one of these phrases that has become very normal as part of our, our marriage to say now is, you know what, it says more about the other person than it does about you. And so often we can get fixated on how we feel or our emotions, our hurt, that we forget about the other person, that we forget... You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what they're facing. 
you don't know what difficulties they've had to overcome to be in that situation. And that makes me look great. That makes me look like, oh, he's such a font of wisdom, isn't he? No, no, quite often, maybe once every other year, I'll get frustrated at someone, and then Katie turns the phrase back again on me, and that's really annoying then. So. But it's true, you don't know what the other person has had to face. You might be the best person at reading the room, at guessing someone's emotions. You think, oh, I, can, I know what you're going through. No, you don't. You're not them. You've never had to face all the situations. Even if you've been through so many similar things, you still have, every person is unique. Every person has a different aspect on life. I always want to see the best, the most positive thing that I can in people's life. And you know what? Sometimes about forgiveness, we're in a moment and we're angry and we're frustrated. And then five minutes later, we eat a biscuit and we're happy again. We make it so emotional. The reality is sometimes you're just in a grump. You just need to get over yourself and you just need to have a biscuit. <laughs> no one is perfect. Everyone has made mistakes. Everyone has fallen short of God's perfection. And this moves me on to my second point, which is forgiveness is impossible. Forgiveness is impossible. That's right. Forgiveness is impossible. We all have hundreds, maybe thousands of choices every single day. A good example, I, when I was writing this, I tried to think of as many as I could options. You walk into a coffee shop, and what do you see? Choice. Hundreds of choice. Here's a list. Top of my head. Here you go. Latte, macchiato, cappuccino, flat white, long black, americano, espresso, double espresso, cortado, pour over, cold brew, and many more. That's just coffee. You might have cold drinks. You might have all that sort of thing. Then on top of that, you've got syrups if you want in your coffee. Then on top of that, some of those drinks, you can choose how you want your milk done. You can have it extra wet, dry, blah, 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 more foam, less foam. There is a lot of choice. That's just coffee. And that's just one minute of your day. Me, flat white, two shots of espresso, bit of milk, steamed, not foam. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, point is, life is filled with many choices. And sometimes things happen to you that are so bad that you really, you can't forgive because the option for you is removed because something has happened that is so bad that you just can't do it. The reality is sometimes things happen so bad to you that you remove the option for forgiveness. Forgiveness is always possible, but you remove the option for it because your emotional response makes you say, no, it's not possible. I can't do it. We forget about all the lessons we've learned through Sunday school, through teaching on Sundays, kids' church. We forget all about that. We forget all about what we've learned from the Bible, and we camp out on our frustration. We camp out on our lack of wanting to forgive people. We sit in our anger. We refuse to forgive. And a funny picture of this. Yesterday, we were watching, um, we were watching the football a few, few of us were gathered watching the football, and the commentators started talking about Gareth Southgate. Now, everybody knows Gareth Southgate, now the England manager, Mr. Penalty. Everybody hates Gareth Southgate, apparently. That's the stereotype. But the commentators started talking about maybe he can get some redemption. 
Maybe he can get some redemption for his sins. And I'm thinking, that's biblical language, isn't it? I'm going to use that tomorrow. But maybe he will get some forgiveness. Maybe England will be there in the final. He'll be lofted on the shoulders of people. We'll be cheering as we won 5-1 in penalties or whatever. But I doubt it. Some dreams are too big. Anyway, but the, my point is... Today, I don't want to make this message about personal forgiveness, specifically not for Gareth Southgate, because we can focus so much on the individual and we make it more a big issue in our lives. And sometimes we just need to move on. Some, some people, you will have hard hearts. You will be struggling with forgiveness. You will be struggling with this. And I encourage you, at the end, there'll be a prayer team. Come, receive prayer. It is important that you do that. But I am not going to stand up at the front today and I'm not going to offer an appeal for that because some things we just have to... We have to make a decision, an intentional decision in our lives to move forward with. And forgiveness often only hurts you and it doesn't hurt the other person because they don't know about how you feel. So you're here holding this bitterness and you just need to let it go. So we're not going to do an appeal today because for me, the point of this message when you look at forgiveness is all about Jesus. Forgiveness is impossible because forgiveness was impossible but then God, he came in and he made a difference. Jesus made a way. The message today is focused on the forgiveness of sins, so it would be wrong for me not to talk about that. I'm sure I speak for many of you, even after today, when we've done communion, that we, we, we get too comfortable in our salvation. We get too comfortable in our story of forgiveness, and we forget about what it felt like when we first got to know Jesus. We, we, we become complacent almost. On the cross, Jesus took our sin. Jesus probably experienced more pain than most of us in this room will ever have experienced. He bled, he struggled to breathe, he died, and he did it for each and every single one of us. He didn't just take on the sins of one person. He didn't just take on the sins of the people in this room, the people that are alive today. He took on the sins of every single person. Every single person. Jesus made a way for all. And for me, sometimes we go through life with a simple existence. Checking the right Christian box, doing the right thing. Good works that, importantly, that are important but ultimately don't really mean anything without that revelation of the cross. Doing the right thing means living out in a response to what the work of the cross is. It's a response to what Jesus has done for you. It's not just a ticking the right box, doing the right things. It's a response. A, spo a response to the revelation that Jesus suffered for you. He died for you. He gave up his life for you. He came back for you. And he's coming back again. All for you, for all. And does that sacrifice on the cross mean that we have nothing to do? That we're done? Job done? We can just get fat? listening to good Christian theology we can just enjoy ourselves no it doesn't it means we've got a job to do John 3.15 says this so that those who truly believe in him will not perish but be given eternal life that's for all it's for all people and this leads me to my final point forgiveness is finished I'm going to say it again on that cross Jesus died 
gave free access to everyone, to every single person. And this is where I struggle sometimes, not in the belief of that, but you read the Bible, you see these Bible characters and you think, wow, they were bold. They lived out an impressive life. And then you kind of think, oh no, it's all right, because they met Jesus. No, they didn't, not all of them. The Bible's a big, big stretch of time. And they live with boldness, with an authority, with a clarity of their faith that is, it's scary, but at the same time, it's impressive and it's inspiring. And I don't know about you, but I want to be radical in my faith. I don't want to be too British that I miss out on an opportunity to witness to people. We have to go beyond our natural. We have to go beyond what's comfortable and we have to speak up. I am fed up with seeing people that I know that I want to be Christians, not coming to church. I'm fed up with people that I have in my life that don't know Jesus. I want them to know Jesus. And I don't want this to be condemning today. I don't want this to be something that says, hey, you've messed up, you're not doing enough. Because it's not about that. It's not about doing more. It's not about giving more. It's about saying, hey, Jesus loves me. That revelation that he died for me, it's not so that I can keep that to myself, it's so that I can go and spread that to many people. Because there's nothing, there's, there's, what's the point in just, I don't know, I, I just find that frustrating that you can just live an existence that's just about getting better. When part of that is, Sharing the gospel, sharing it. You have no need to wear shame. You have no need to be fearful because God is with you. Remember what we said, the same spirit is within you. That means God's power is within you in every single moment of your life. How can we stay silent? How can we stay silent with this? I wanna challenge us today. Let's get specific. Let's get specific about who we wanna see reached. Many of you will probably have like specific progress reviews at work. You'll have smart goals. You'll have all that sort of thing. But what I want to want to do today is, are we specific about our evangelism? I don't want you to have a smart goal. I'm not saying that because because that would be wrong. So you know, tick the right box when someone's done this step or that. But I'm saying let's get real about this. Who who are we going to commit to pray for? I'm sure many of you already do. But let's just we can do more. We can go beyond where, we, where we're comfortable and we can do more. I, I can't cope with people not knowing Jesus. I struggle with that. I struggle. We went out for dinner with some school friends of Katie's that have kind of become friends of both of us over the, over the, over the years. And uh, we went out with them for this week for dinner and they are lovely people, but they don't know Jesus. I want them to know Jesus. But I don't want to be too chicken that I don't want to say to them, I want to be too fearful, too scared that I don't talk to them about Jesus. That would be wrong of me. That would be totally wrong of me. I want a confidence. I don't want to be in their face saying, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. But I just want to love them. I want to bless them with as much as God has given me. And I just want to see them come to know Jesus somehow. And I think we need to make a commitment to pray for people today. So what we're going to do, the band are going to come back up on the platform. And we're going to take a moment going to be specific I encourage you today find a piece of paper find a get a reminder on your phone write it down and think of someone specific that you can pray for I'm not saying you need to pray for them every single day but I'm saying you need to be consistent you need to not let this go from your heart because this is the message the message of forgiveness the message that Jesus came to die for you so that we can go and tell others you can't get away from it the Bible is so so clear 
go and make disciples. Well, how can you make disciples if they don't make the first step and come and know Jesus? You can't. We've got a job to do, responsibility. And this is in no way meant to be condemning. This is in no way meant to say you've done wrong. This is to say, come on, there is more in you. I'm calling out the greatness from within you. God is within you, so therefore we've got to go and we've got to do this. I am guilty of this. I forget about these things. I get too comfortable in my Christianity, in my attendance on Sundays, that I forget about the people that are outside this room. And I think we need to, we need to get uncomfortable and we need to go and we need to challenge people. That the message of the Bible is the best message in the world. If we don't believe it and if we don't live it out, then no one is. The rocks are going to cry out because that's what it says in the Bible. So let's be specific today. Find a piece of paper. You can use a teaching notes. You can tear a little bit off the corner. You can do something. But I encourage you, find somewhere. Put it on your mirror as you get ready if you, get, if you look in the mirror in the mornings. Put it on, don't put it on your rearview mirror. That'd be stupid. But just keep it somewhere where you're going to be reminded of it. Put a reminder on your phone. If you use a to-do list app, just put it in for every day. <laughs> just, I encourage you, let's, let's, let's be practical with this and let's make practical steps to going forward because we've got a job to do. We're not finished. Jesus hasn't come back yet. We are the church. We are his people. This is his plan A. There is no other plan. This is how Jesus is going to win the world. For me, one of the most powerful miracles that we can ever comprehend is the miracle of salvation. Of God turning someone's heart from something that is hard, someone that focuses on darkness and turn it into light. That is for me one of the most transformative miracles, the most inspirational, incredible miracles that we can ever comprehend. He's taken someone from an eternity without him and he's given them an eternity with him. How good is that? How amazing is that? And we get to play a part in that. We get to play a part in that. I encourage you today, let's not give up on people. The message of forgiveness is not a message that is just for us, it's a message for everybody. I'm going to pray. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray and then we're going to hand over back to the band. I encourage you, make time for this. Write something down. Be practical. Do something about it. Don't be awkward. Don't be weird. Don't go into people's faces and just say, you need to become a Christian, you need to become a Christian, you need to become a Christian. Be real about this. Just commit to people. Do you love people? Love them. Because the best way you can love them is by being a witness to them. Jesus, I thank you that you came and you died and you rose again. You took upon our sin, our shame, every wrongdoing that we've done, Lord, and you, you made a way for us to have freedom, have forgiveness. I thank you for that today, Lord. I pray that today we will be challenged, be inspired to go and to do something, Lord, that we won't be too comfortable in who we are, that we would go out there and we would make a difference. I'm so grateful for the message of forgiveness that we all can have confidence in who you are. But I pray today that you would take us from where we are now to somewhere else, to somewhere else where we can go and we can be bold in our witness. Give us confidence. Give us, give us the authority that we have, Lord. Make us realize who we are.